And so we realize that autumn is almost really here. It's late summer here in central Oregon. I know you guys are scattered throughout the globe, but many are on the west coast of the U.S. And maybe you can hear the crunch of pine needles in late summer under my feet. And maybe you can hear the little grasshopper locust guys that are making funny flippy flap noises in the background. And maybe if you listen closely on this late summer day, you can hear the wind up in the ponderosa pines up in the treetops. Kind of sounds like a waterfall or a highway. Well, that's all happening here in Deschutes National Forest. Actually, we're at the edge of the forest today. I've been sidelined with a little bit of an ankle injury. I'm saving all my ankle energy uh, to get up on my crutches and go to a Nine Inch Nails show tomorrow. So I'm not wandering far into the forest today. This is Burning Tarot. My name is T, Tiffany Lee Brown. And usually what we do on Burning Tarot is we take a nature walk and we draw a tarot card to give us a little something to think about. And that's it. That's the whole podcast right there. Just a little tarot reading, nature walk, maybe some blather, some ranting. You never know. I invite all of you to uh, step up to my website, tiffanyleebrown.com. Click on the shop link. That's S-H-O-P-P-E, ye old tarot shop. And grab yourselves a reading for this season. I may not have updated the timing on there. It might say that I'm not offering the readings right now, but I actually am. So those of you who listen to the podcast and are in the know can go ahead, grab a reading, put it in your cart, and I will get to it shortly. I'm having a very busy fall, but I look forward to doing some readings for you as well. So today's card, we're using the Smith Rider Weight deck. Centennial edition, as we often do. This one's a gorgeous illustration of the Queen of Cups. And of course, the illustrator is known as Pixie, Pamela Coleman Smith. And it's fun to work with her cards and to recognize how she has come to be revered among tarot artists, tarot fans, and tarot readers, um, and feminists of all stripes, because she, her name wasn't on this deck. This deck that completely sparked this insane revolution, this explosion of a zillion decks that we have now, the tarot being read by thousands and thousands of people. Very exciting stuff, and she really kicked it off with her illustrations um, and writer and weight, the men were, you know, responsible for deciding what some of the cards would look like and producing those cards. But she really put the magic in there and the art. And yet her name wasn't on the writer weight deck for many, many years. Some call it the RWS now. I call it the Smith Rider or the Smith Rider weight. 
Anywho, when we pull from that deck, it's just kind of a nice reminder that whatever kind of tarot we are reading, we're doing it within a context. And that context, in a lot of cases, involves kind of, you know, the dominant patriarchal white dude society that a lot of us were born into. And it's nice to see it change. So in this deck, when we're drawing characters, when she's illustrating people, they're typically white folks. They're all white folks, I think, in in this deck. Um, And the imagery is, you know, sort of a blend of um, different Western civilization sources. So you can imagine that it's happening in a medieval or Renaissance town or um, in an ancient Greek something or other, you know, it's, it's fluid enough. Um, But it's good to keep that in mind, right? That we're born into certain structures, and civilizations and and power structures. And as our spiritual practices deepen, and I use spiritual in the loosest, wobbliest sense of that word, you know, I don't, need to believe in a god and I don't ask for you to do that we can all do it however we like but things like tarot tarot see I don't even care how you pronounce it I don't even care how I pronounce it um hopefully as we continue in such practices we're able to see where we sit within structures and we want to rename our tarot decks to acknowledge the females who did a great deal of the work and then maybe when we buy a new tarot deck we buy one that is made by or has illustrations of people of color or people who come from different cultures than this kind of predominant early 20th century um, American British white people type of mentality right so that's fun and you can call it wokeism or, or whatever but it's actual it's actually just reality the reality is that the world is changing and enabling itself enabling ourselves to embrace a kind of a wider perspective and getting there can be difficult that's what i was thinking about today as i was drawing a card for us to contemplate for the next week or so i was thinking about a conversation i had with a friend slash client slash successful coach um, who this person was confronting some of those issues in their own life. We talked a little about capitalism. We talked about how, again, we're kind of just born into a system and we inherit our sense of Celsius? cells now our sense of self-worth we kind of inherit the idea of of whether we are worthy from that system we're born into right and from from our families too of course but the culture at large influences us and so we might find ourselves in a position where we want to um with some spirit part of ourselves wants to spend more time relaxing, wants to spend more time enjoying nature, maybe wants to spend more time 
with our hands in the dirt getting things done instead of sitting in front of a computer, even though the computer makes us a lot more money. Maybe the act of caring for someone else has some intense beauty and intense lessons for us, such as being a parent, hands-on parent, or a caregiver to someone who is sick or aging. So it can be pretty rough in our culture to want to do those things and yet to also be having these influences of like, you're just supposed to care about whether you're successful and rich or even just to get rid of that nagging feeling of anxiety that you got to make more money because most of us have that. Uh, And even wealthy people have that sometimes to a more ridiculous degree than people who actually do have genuine financial struggles. I mean, ask any server at a restaurant, you know, who's going to tip the best? If you've got 100 rich people in and you've got 100 middle class, lower middle class people into your restaurant, who's going to actually tip 20%? It's not going to be the rich people. So wherever we actually stand on the kind of class ladder and how much money we make and stuff, um, we can have that feeling of anxiety that we don't have enough and that we aren't enough. We're not working hard enough. And we certainly can't show to the world that all of our enterprises are super successful and making lots of money. And maybe we don't know what to do with ourselves under those circumstances. This comes up over and over with my creative clients. So I have clients who come to me for... Um, tarot stuff and for creative coaching for writing and editing I've had clients that I've helped with theater and performance work so I'm an interdisciplinary artist in case I've never let you know that writing is my main trade but I've done a bunch of different stuff and earned a variety of degrees and so the people I work with also have an interesting bunch of stuff that they care about and that they do And this issue comes up over and over of when is the creativity itself enough? Or when is the spiritual desire enough or the spiritual practice? If your culture tells you that taking care of other people, that sitting alone, staring at a wall, breathing, that exploring the woods and communing with nature If your culture tells you that these things are useless or, you know, something for the hired help to do, it's pretty hard to throw yourself into them and get in that moment and just feel good with it because some little part of you is searching for status, searching for money, searching for evidence of success. It's tricky. um, I also had a good conversation with this about uh, one of my correspondents here is is an author who writes about time a lot and time management and things like that. And and they're they're pretty funny too with their approach to it, very self-deprecating. But they just take it on as an honest thing. Like let's just admit that a lot of times... We're all being pressured into stuff that maybe if we stopped and thought about it deeply, 
we might not recognize these as decent values. We might not say, oh yeah, I am the value of my house. My self-worth matches the success of my business. My reason for being on this planet and my excuse for being alive equals um, the cool position on my business card, the number of hits on my website, the number of likes on my Instagram, and the amount of cash that rolled in. If we think about it that way, it's kind of gross. And we go, well, no, I don't, I don't want to be like that. And yet it influences us. There's gender stuff that goes with that too. And we'll, we'll relate that back to our card in a minute. So um, for males in this culture, there is an expectation of being a breadwinner, particularly if you have a family or even if you're just in a couple. And um, even in couples that have tried to go 50-50 on stuff like that, the man might feel really awkward about his masculinity if he's not pulling in the cash or if she's pulling in more. This is very well-documented stuff. So that's a really unfortunate bit of pressure. For the woman, uh, if she is in any kind of progressive or post-feminist kind of world, if she's educated, etc., she probably believes that she's supposed to make 50% of the household income too. Never mind that statistics really aren't going to help her get there. Because <laughs> statistically, she's unlikely to match uh, the salary of her partner if the partner's male. And so in that kind of heteronormative relationship, you have two people striving for something that's beyond survival. Yes, they need to survive. Yes, they need jobs. But a lot of other stuff comes into play. And some of it is essentially just busy work where we don't know how to not be busy. We don't know how to be satisfied with getting by, doing okay. We expect everything to grow as though each of our personal lives and our small businesses and retirement funds that we might be managing, we want all these to act like Wall Street. Growth, growth, growth. We're, we're often, you know feeling like we're beholden to invisible stakeholders, stockholders, right? We're looking at some kind of ticker tape from Wall Street to determine our feeling of self-worth on the planet. Uh, and when I say our, I don't mean that in a kind of speculative way of like, some people feel like this. I mean, a lot of us feel like that, and I'm part of that group. I feel the pressure to be more financially successful and more kind of visibly status-oriented than I am. And I try to work through it, but I still feel that pressure. Sometimes I give in to it, try to do something more successfully. Sometimes I retreat and I go to nature. These were all the issues with those conversations that I'd had with these um, extremely talented folks that I've just mentioned, the writer, the coach, and the recognition that we're kind of living as little capitalist units. 
And for me, there's something humiliating about that. Dehumanizing. I feel like, wow, I'm, I'm sort of embarrassed that my self-worth is wrapped up in this stuff. Wouldn't it be cool if I was beyond that? <laughs> and let me tell you, I'm not that cool. So that's this huge bunch of conversations and baggage that I brought to our cards today. Instead of just pulling a card out of nowhere, which is kind of what I usually do for the burning tarot. And the cards brought up the Queen of Cups in response. She is seated on a very complex stone throne carved with cherubs or little nymphs or something and fish. She has one foot on pebbles dipping into the water. She's on the shore next to a bunch of water, an ocean presumably. There are multicolored pebbles. There's a beach, a yellow beach. And the cup into which she is gazing is really wild. It is very decorative. It is very complex and golden. Um, her crown, same gold, reasonably complex. She's holding this giant, you know, grail thing up near her face and she's wearing white mostly white and red a little bit of blue and she's gazing and her face looks really intense intent and intense the queen of cups the queen of cups is gazing into a deeper future and past we all have the queen of cups within us she is mature. She is strong. She has a capacity for happiness and contentment and recognizing the joy that is possible for each moment. She stops and gazes into the water, into the cup. She is taking the time for care. We could interpret that as self-care or care of others. She is caring for her ancestors. She's doing her ancestral healing work. She's really strong and unafraid to dip into deeper emotional and spiritual waters and psychic waters than we're normally very comfortable with. You know, like she's the one who would drop acid at the festival, okay? And she would do just fine, even if she started bump tripping. She, she would master this thing. She'd go through the real thing. Deep emotion comes with the cups, the water element, when we draw the Queen of Cups. And she's got this vision. She can see. So the part of us that wants to indulge in seeing wants to find out if there's some kind of psychic message for us out there in the universe right now, that's the part of us we should really look to in the next week or so. Queen of Cups plays very nicely with the full moon that's going to be laying its influence over us over the upcoming weeks. The full moon is in Pisces. And it's a highly aspected moon. So if you're doing your astrology, you would count this one as like 
yeah, big important full moon to really take a look at. And Queen of Cups goes so nicely with Pisces. This is the great water. Our Queen of Cups energy, which is contained in each of us, we each have a feminine strength, a kind of woman-style mature seer inside of us, a visionary, a psychic, a part of ourselves that wants to go really deep. And it maybe does go deep, even without our conscious awareness, a lot of the time. So when the moon is full in Pisces, while the sun is dangling down there in Virgo, when the Queen of Cups is pulled in response to some pretty specific concerns around self-worth, capitalism, success, this is a very clear indicator that we're to go deep We're to pull from our emotional and spiritual depths. The full moon, some consider it, you know, you plant your seeds at the new moon. And then uh, that reaches some kind of fruition at the full moon. That is just one way of looking at things. It happens to be the most popular one on the internet. Uh, but it's definitely not the only approach that one can take to lunations. But the interesting thing is that sometimes the folks who are really keen on leading you in a ritual for that new moon and letting your new moon intention ripen for the full moon, sometimes they just kind of ignore the second half of the cycle. The second half of the cycle is, here was a full moon. It's illuminating something for us. The the sun finally gets out of the way. The moon has the nighttime to herself. And she can shed her robes. She can shine there white or yellow or orange. If you're in the wildfires right now, your moon isn't going to look white. It's going to be red. And that moon can kind of remove her clothing and just kind of stand naked and illuminated and illuminating. She can illuminate our darkest forests within ourselves. And we are the Queen of Cups, so we can go to those forests. We can dip our cup into the river. If you yourself practice divination, um, so I would include in there any kind of Oh, you know, tarot and runes and I Ching. Flipping a coin is one of my favorites. If you're a channel, if you have contact with spirits, if you are able to do the kind of ancestral uh, time travel work or talk to your ancestors or become them on a... Uh, woo-woo journey, if you are apt to dream big dreams, if you do astral travel, if you're just plain psychic, uh, all of these things will be accented 
by this Pisces full moon and by your Queen of Cups that you, by virtue of listening to Burning Tarot, you know, you're one of this. I mean, we have a lot of listeners around the world, but I feel like our, our small core of us, um, it's a small group of people that I think are actively engaged with Burning Tarot. And so it's interesting to draw a card that's just for us. And the astrology is for everybody at once. This particular card is just for those of us who have been drawn to this little podcast or to the readings that I've been giving and the decks that I've been making for many, many years. And thank you, by the way, for joining in and being one of those people. I love that you're out there. I love that I get to channel some stuff for you. So whatever channeling that you might want to do for yourself, this is a great time for it. Queen of Cups gazes into the crystal ball, gazes into the grail, the cup. She has knowledge. She, she goes there. She's got the courage to face the knowledge. So I would add that a Pisces full moon and a Queen of Cups together might be overwhelming for some. If you have a lot of water in your chart, for example. Um, yeah, there's different ways of looking at it. I'm not going to go all astrological on you right now. But just, you might know if you're one of those people that's, you know, really hit hard by little changes in the woo. You know, in the woo-o-sphere. If you're somebody who's hit hard by full moons or by... Pisces transits at all, this might be a heads up that you might feel overwhelmed this weekend. Um, and that illumination that's happening this, you know, it's starting very soon, be tonight, um, it's, it lingers on for the next two weeks. So the full moon looks bright and big and full and continues to illuminate as it wanes. And the themes that it carries with it during that waning, they're those, those big, fat, Pisces water themes. So it's kind of nice if you're overwhelmed by the actual full moon moment. Um, maybe you don't want to practice divination at that time. You might just be like, I need to hide. Um, I would say don't hide from the water element. Use the water element. Go swimming. Take a bath. Sit by a stream. Um, play with some stones in a cup. Be with water. Because this is a super duper water thing that's going on. Go out and look at the moon. But if you need to otherwise retreat from psychic energy or people energy... You will not be alone. There will be a lot of people feeling overwhelmed. Some of us, though, we're going to be attracted to the, um, the mushiness of Pisces and the, the way that the water element allows us to feel like we are part of a big, huge universe or a big group of people at some kind of event. You can do that virtually as well. Um, for some people, that's more comfortable. You're not totally tapped into other people's energy that way. 
uh, yeah, so if you're feeling like that's, you know, that's just too much woo-woo energy, you can wait a few days, and then when the moon isn't actually full, and some of these aspects have uh, mellowed out a little bit, that that waning moon will still provide some Queen of Cups energy for you. And you can practice your divination, you know, during the wane when it's just less overwhelming. Kind of depends how strong you're feeling and how sensitive you are to this stuff. Also a good time to um, ask diviners to do their work for you. So if you have... um, access to an oracle, if you have a reader that you get your astrology from, if you're one of my tarot clients, this is an awesome time to set up a reading. Uh, it's just very conducive. And, and I'll mention that, that that full moon, as it wanes um, within the first couple days, will also be conjunct Neptune. And Neptune, again, that's Poseidon. So it's more king of cups than queen of cups. You know, it's God of the sea, but whatever. It's very, very big water energy. Uh, You might find yourself confused during this period. You might find yourself drawn to, excuse me, drawn to substances that blot out the intensity for you. Um or make you feel pleasantly altered. So that's a challenge with Neptune energy in general and and water stuff. On the plus side, we have that incredible access into psychic and ancestral aspects of things, into the depths. A lot of this will be uh, sublingual, under the tongue, or postlingual, postverbal. It'll be stuff we can't really talk about, write about, or describe very well. So one thing you can do is make art about it, or poetry, which is kind of a good compromise between, you know, say, music and, and writing prose. You could write some poetry, read some poetry. Wonderful time for poetry. Great time for music. Go see some live music. Go make some music. Listen to something pleasant and lovely. Um, and just be careful with the urge to submerge. The urge to submerge yourself in alcohol or vaping or whatever it is that you do, overeating. We all have our little things that we hide in sometimes. Um, especially the kind of alcohol-type vibes and some of the drug vibes may be very strong during this time. So you may need less of those to get a little feeling of alteration, if that's what you want. And just be aware, you might be more compelled. Not just this weekend during the intense part of this moon, but over the next couple weeks, it'll keep being an influence. That influence can draw us into like, I'm going to drink this entire bottle of wine tonight. And then I'll do my tarot reading. Um... I would recommend against that, or at least, it's really not my recommendation to make, but I would just let you know that that's one manifestation of this water, moon, Neptune, Pisces, queen, cups energy that you may see. And the queen of cups suggests 
that you have it within you, we all have it within us, to navigate this stuff extremely well. We can do our emotions. We can feel our more difficult desires arise. We can understand more deeply. We're being given this wonderful open door to walk through. We can do it, you guys. So there you go. There's your Queen of Cups. I am T. This is Burning Tarot. And um, yeah, that's what I got for you. Hope this has been useful. I am always interested in your responses. Keep it to a few sentences so it's not super long, please. But you can send me email to burningtarot at gmail.com. I've gotten some very interesting emails from y'all recently, and I appreciate that. And uh, let me know in the email, is it okay for me to quote from your email on the podcast or on my website? And if the answer is yes, what name should I use? Often people will use like their first name and the initial of their last name and like their location. So please let me know if that's okay for me to do that on the podcast and the website to share that with others. Um, Because it's fun. It's fun when you start seeing that all these different people are having uh, very similar experiences or sometimes very different ones. And they're all relating to the same card and the same moment. I love that stuff. I love the woo. And hey, I love you too. I'm T. This is Burning Tarot. If you want that reading, pop over to TiffanyLeeBrown.com. Bye-bye.